Welcome back to the Fantasy Stock Exchange. And today is the first episode of the Dynasty Stock Market series that we will be running twice a week on Wednesdays and on Fridays. I will be the host for both. On Wednesdays, you always have the man with the shades to one of my sides. I don't know what side. Tyler will be with me for Wednesdays. And then Dwayne or Dweez Nuts, who's been on the channel, some of the live streams will be on Fridays. Um, so without further ado, let's get into it. All right, today we have our do not draft players for dynasty startups or even just dynasty in general. Uh, not really any structure to the list or how many or whatever. We just made a list of players that we are not drafting um, at the current ADP. But when it comes to dynasty, you are taking in the ADP as well as the forecasted situation in the future. Um, so Tyler, how are you doing? I forgot to intro you in. You're good. Don't even worry about it. I'm doing fantastic um, every day. Uh, just keeps getting better because uh, I wake up and I'm breathing. So you know what? That beats someone out there. Um, death is sad. All right. If you want to go ahead and start it off, I'll let you give your first guy. Uh, if you have a running back, so start there. All right. So you want me to start with running back, and you want me to you do you want do you want me to stay completely unbiased through this whole thing? Uh, I mean, we'll say yes and no because when it comes to dynasty, you can have bias here and there because it. It, like we say all the time, there is ADPs, but there's not ADPs in Dynasty Leagues because people just don't get their guys anyways. So start with whoever you want. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and start with this guy. Um, I'm just going to lay out the forecasted situation. And um, I kind of want to see where, you know, your opinions are uh, before I even reveal the player and, and who they actually are. So this team, uh, they added they added this player. Um, they lost no one in the receiving core or in or in the running um, the running attack. Um, the overall workload is gonna they're gonna have to find spots for for him to actually take advantage of um, of opportunity. There's not too much opportunity available. Like I said, uh, they've got young receivers, so those guys will be taking steps up as well. And stop laughing because you already know it's Ceh. So Clyde Edwards-Helaire, um, and I will say this: I I can get around the situation a lot. I do not like him as a player whatsoever, but I can get around the situation. However, he's going as the running back eight right now. Ninth off the board, Michael Thomas only one ahead. Um, he's going as the running back eight, which is very surprising because Damian Williams still exists. So he, with, um, with injuries taken out of last year, he was slated to finish as an RB2 last year. Um, he finished just outside the cusp of that, uh, but was slated for an RB2 season without injuries. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire stepping into, his, into that backfield with Damian Williams still there, with the receiving core being as electric as it is, none of them losing, um, none of them losing any players. Uh, Kelsey's still there. I just don't get where this opportunity is magically supposed to come up with. I don't, I don't get where these 60-plus targets that people think he's just going to get handed are going to come from. Um, the offense can't just instantly get a lot more, more plays. They're a big play kind of style offense. Tyree Kill gets that done. Michael Hardman uh, in that company of guys that can, that can make big plays. They're a team where they can consistently have five play drives. They're not a long drag out kind of team. So Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's overall value as a back, sure he will get targets, but I don't see where the people are finding him getting 60 plus. And then the really big issue as to why I do not like this ADP kind of style um, with him as the running back eight is there's backs behind him that are 
full workload guys that are in, in systems that are clearly benefiting them. Uh, Derek Henry, Miles Sanders, Nick Chubb, uh, Jonathan Taylor too. He's, he's way above Clyde Edwards Hilaire in my rankings. I, I just don't, I don't really get why Clyde Edwards Hilaire is getting all this hype when he's still got Damian Williams, all these wide receivers, uh, the probably the best tight end in the league right, right now. Uh, dynasty wise, obviously we're going with Kittle, but Kelsey best tight end in the league right now. Uh, all those guys are competing with targets for or receiving back. I just don't really get why people are taking a committee back. Uh, sure. It's a great situation over guys that clearly have situations that are better. Yeah, I think it comes down to, um, I guess, to start. So we're using the FFPC ADP. If you're unfamiliar with that, it's high stakes. I think mean, like the lowest league possible is $250, Dynasty League. Um, some are best ball, some are not. And the ADP changes all the time. So you said RB90 is the RB10 as of today, May 12th. But like I said, it cha- every time a draft happens, it goes into the algorithm to change the average. You can't like actually like set in stone one and go with that. But yes, it is early. Um, I see why it's early. Uh, I actually just took him in the Dynasty startup that we're doing, our first Discord one. Uh, link down below if you want to get into more. I'm sure there'll be a lot more. Um, but that was totally a long-term play. I'm sort of, I'm not really rebuilding, but I'm sort of – I went Kamara, CEH, and I'm just kind of taking on some picks right now, moving back. But as of now, um, yes, the vacated production, it's 118 rushing attempts and 41 targets. Damian Williams was hurt too, so you kind of have to – take that into account too. So it's going to be, it's going to be weird to see how the split plays out this year, because I think it will be about 50, 50, maybe shift 60, 40, a layer um, come, I don't know, week 10, if you want to put a, put a stamp on when that usually happens for rookie running backs, but long-term, I think he is a top. It might even be bold to say top five fantasy running back. He might be with Damian Williams as a free agent next year. Not a chance they sign him back if they just drafted a layer on one. So let's more of a long-term play. Um, and like you said, the bias part of me kind of where I came into it was everyone plays dynasty different. It all depends on how the draft goes, how the league flows, like the one we're doing. I am not really trying to win right now, but other ones I have, like that's all I do. So it kind of just takes into account um, how you're playing it. But yeah, like Austin Eckler is lower than him as of now. If you're trying to win now, go Eckler. If you're trying to win now, go Derek Henry. If you're trying to win now, even go like J- Jonathan Taylor, I think will have a better production this year. J.K. Dobbins might even have similar or better. Um, Cam Akers will probably have close to better. Just he's going to get run to the ground. So I think it's definitely, um, it's definitely like a turning spot in sort of how you're going to play out the rest of your, you could say, first year of the dynasty startup league. If you're going to rebuild or you're going to contend. So I don't mind that at all. Um, I guess we all know your thoughts on a layer, so it kind of takes into a little bit of it, but. It's all right. I will go into my first running back here. I have David Johnson. Currently, um, he is going, I think, right around RB. Say after pulled up now, RB thirty right now. And yes, people might think that's kind of a discount because he's going to have a lot, a lot of touches. Two hundred seventy-one vacated touches from last year. Obviously, Carlos Hyde is gone, and they had their third string running back. I can't remember who it was. Is gone there too. Duke Johnson's still there. Who they traded a third-round pick for last year and just seemed to not use him. But that's Bill O'Brien for you. So 271 vacated touches, but a ton of touches for an injury-prone running back only makes the injury proneness or whatever the word would be higher. Via sportsinjurypredictor.com, it's a great website. Um, you have to pay for it, but you get some, a couple free searches. 54.2% chance of re-injury, which is that uh, in between the middle and high, it's like the middle to high re-injury risk. So that's obviously not great. Uh, he's a free agent next year. So 2021 and Texans are projected to be 
third to bottom or 29th in projected cap space. So they're probably not going to pay him just because we saw how much money he wants or he wanted that led them to him getting traded. He's not going to ask for anything less than probably, I'd say, five or six mil. The Texans don't have the money to pay for that. They have to also pay Deshaun Watson next year or exercise fifth option. We'll see how that happens. And it's a pretty solid free agency and running back class coming in for the rookies next year. So, yes, RB30. That could seem like a good value, but it – I just don't – even if you're trying to go for the win now, it's still not a good pick because if you spend your RB30, which is at 95 right now, I get that's like – that's pretty low. Um, these are also tight end premium, so it kind of depends on how you're playing, your scoring. Superflex tight end premium. If you're non-tight end premium, I'm sure he's up in the – 70 somewhere that's still a huge risk to me when I would just go get running backs earlier and then play the receivers because if you look at the receivers right around him Tyler Boyd Tyler Lockett even Raheem Mostert's lower than him right now Jarvis Landry Kristen Kirk Michael Gallup Zach Moss like there's so much more value lower if you stack those you could say elite tier for uh, volume running backs earlier so what are your thoughts on David Johnson and Dynasty Startups no, thank you. Um, the offense is going to be really in, inefficient, I think. Um, again, you mentioned the uh, the injury issues. But, again, the offense is – their wide receiver core is not good. Brandon Cooks is injury prone. They got – all their all their receivers are injury prone. So, Duke Johnson is, is still in existence there. I mean, you got you, – there's just a lot of factors that I'm just not buying into David Johnson. I, I really stopped buying into him after, uh, after his injuries in Arizona. Um I feel like the opportunity will be there mainly off of the fact that, you know, the, it, Bob's uh, Bob's coaching job is probably on the line here. But again, I just don't know if I can buy into it really. It's just, it, it's going to be a challenge for me to, to want to get any shares of him. I don't think I'm going to, I think the ADP is too high. You mentioned guys that are, that are just above him. I think this is a strategy that, that may want to be taken pretty seriously in, in this year's um, in your, in your startup drafts is, He's getting running backs early because if you're sitting here and, and you have to get your third running back and his name's David Johnson or even your second, good luck. I mean, that's just going to hurt you. Um, go running back early so you don't have to even think about taking a guy like David Johnson. Yeah, I, I didn't really have a strategy. Uh, I've been playing Dynasty for two years. This has been my third year. I've never really had a strategy until I realized, like, this is – like, now my strategy is, like, if it's a super flex, which I played except for one super flex. Like, I go – in the first four rounds, unless I'm trading down or whatever, I try and go running back, running back, running back, quarterback, or two QBs, or the positions that you cannot find great depth at um, in terms of the top tier, but running back especially. Like, I think – I mean, with the one we're doing, which will come out Saturday, sort of a recap-esque episode, you have five running backs, and you only start potentially four, maybe five in the super flex. But, like, it's there because there's so much yeah. things that go into a dynasty league um, that you need – in terms of the long-term, and you could go get Tyler Boyd down in, I don't know, the seventh round in ours, who literally was a wide receiver. He was a, I guess, a wide receiver. I say one and a half because he was like the 14 to 15. So he was a wide receiver two, two years ago. But like, it's still pretty close. Um, But yeah, volume is king, king for those later wide receivers for sure. So you can go on if you have another running back. Uh, if not, I can do mine. Yeah, I'd, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and uh... – I'll go ahead and jump on to uh, my next one. Um, I think I'm going to go with this guy. So, so I've been, I've been kind of thinking about it. And um, when I was doing this, I was like, who, who are guys that maybe I'm not consciously avoiding, but I am avoiding when I see their name. Uh, Cause I'm just genuinely not interested in, in the overall talent that's there. 
um, not just the talent, but really just the opportunity. And that, that kind of screams with this guy. Um, I don't really buy into his talent as, as much as, as maybe some other people do. And then the opportunity was just squashed uh, through the draft. So it's Devin Singletary. He's going as running back 22 right now, which doesn't sound terrible. Again, it's like the David Johnson situation. It's the uh, don't, don't do it. I know, I know the value may look half decent and you may want to take the chance and stab on him, but it's just not a try. It's just not an attractive move at all. I'm not buying into it. Um, here's the issue. They, they added Zach Moss, who I, I feel like I can almost guarantee he's going to get more points than the 49 points uh, Frank Gore put up last year. I think the committee backfield is still going to be a consistent thing in Buffalo. And now you're adding a better back to take care of the second end of that. Um, they're looking at giving Moss the, the goal line touches. So take that away from Singletary. And Moss has the ability to both receive and pass catch. Uh, sorry, that's the same thing. Pass catch and uh, pass block, um, which is going to cause an issue for Singletary. Not that, not that Zach Moss is going to take away all of that opportunity, but the fact that he can – um, and he's not just a goal line bruiser that you bring in every once in a while. It means that, that Devin Singletary, he's going to struggle to to provide value for for you as a fantasy owner. And sitting there at the um, at the the running back twenty two again, just another example. Please just go get running backs earlier and not worry about it. But if you're stuck in this situation, I'm not going with Devin, Devin Singletary. Yeah, it's it's weird because we kind of came into pre draft. He he was the I don't I mean, I obviously don't know exactly. Probably the RB15, 16 in terms of dynasty startups, the early yeah. leagues that happen. And this is why, one, don't do dynasty startups before then until a draft or free agency. It's a dumb idea. It's dumb. <laughs> but you come in here now and everyone wanted AJ Dillon. Everyone wanted um, Zach Moss was there. Everyone wanted just a big bruiser like Michael Warren in the later rounds because they, they made it obvious they were going to take a front door replacement. But then they bring in Zach Moss, who, if you're not familiar with him, he was the Utah running back three years I believe maybe four years out he was he was their running back for like as long as I can think about Utah running backs uh, four years all four years yeah in their sort of I don't want to say prime but like when Utah kind of became a football school he can literally do everything and that's bad for Singletary but it's great for Moss because you come into a system where the RB1 ahead of you is really just a pass catcher a small guy that if you watch I always bring up the Bills Texans game uh the Bills were on the goal line I think they ran three plays. They ran QB sneak from like the sixth with Josh Allen, not QB sneak, like a QB draw, because they don't have a Zach Moss and Frank Gore was hurt at the time. So if they really trusted Devin Singletary, the electric receiving playmaker, they would have given him the ball, but they don't. So now you did draft with Zach Moss, made it obvious that he's going to replace Frank Gore. He comes in at 169 vacated rushing attempts, and some of those went to Taiwan Jones and – down the list of backup running backs. Obviously, you can't give all 169 to him, but if you give him 130 rushing attempts, I think Zach Moss in the long term is going to take over Singletary. Because I know me and you were kind of, you could say, lower on what Singletary can bring to your team in terms of fantasy. In the yeah. in the aspect of the NFL, Singletary is a great one-two with Zach Moss. I think it's going to work out great. They're going to be a fun offense in terms of fantasy and oh, yeah. non-fantasy. But in the long term, it's just not – Singletary is a running back that you can keep around on a short term, like Austin Eckler, but maybe a half of Austin Eckler contract because he's that valuable to you. But, yeah, uh, dynasty startups just stay away, especially at the RBs at 23 right now. I can read off some guys lower. In terms of running backs alone, Montgomery's lower than him, Le'Veon Bell, Chris Carson, wow. James Conner. But, like, Montgomery, to me, is literally Devin Singletary, but he's going to – He's not competing for his job. 
Yeah. Um, we'll probably do uh, ADP values. I love David Montgomery in terms of dynasty right now, uh, just due to volume itself. And it, if it doesn't get any better, he's still a low two. So, like, I mean, like, there's not much else to it. But, I mean, there's just so much value. And uh, that was just the running backs, but you can get DJ Chark. I know we don't like Stephon Diggs now. Debo Samuel, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin. Uh, and if you're looking at quarterbacks, Drew Locke, Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady. Like, it's, there's a lot more value there. So, just don't yeah. draft him with caution. Obviously, if he falls to the fifth or sixth round, yes, smash. Because he could catch 70 balls next year and then be an RB2 just off that. Like, Tariq Cohen was an RB1 two years ago or three or two years ago because he caught, like, 80 balls that year. So, yeah, I like that one a lot for sure. Uh, my next one. It's kind of funny because you just drafted him. It was Aaron Jones. But it's more in context of maybe the long-term uncertainty. So he's a free agent next year. And obviously everyone knows the story how they drafted A.J. Dillon. And they didn't draft their – they didn't draft the wide receiver everyone mock drafted him to be because mock drafts are the king when it comes to fantasy value. So that's the pet peeve of mine. Don't, don't ever – don't ever project <laughs> – don't ever get don't ever get mad at players. Never mind. I'm not gonna. It's just don't don't rely on mock drafts when it comes to fantasy drafts and fantasy value and trades for sure. So they drafted Josiah DeGuara, AJ Dillon. They said they want to run the ball, which if you look at it, yeah, it's good for Aaron Jones in redraft. I'm sure I'll have him in redraft quite a bit just because his his value is going to go um, kind of like what we saw with uh, shoot. There was two running backs last year. I don't remember. Little kind of. Jamal oh, Lund. yeah. Yeah. So it'll kind of even out in terms of ADP, like Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, maybe. I don't know. It's going to be pretty even in terms of ADP. I think Aaron Jones will be a good value in the sixth and seventh round of redraft, hopefully, because that'd be huge for him. But yeah, he's a free agent next year, like I said. Uh, as I mentioned with David Johnson, the, he will be a free agent, and the free agent class is good because guys like Aaron Jones and David Johnson are going to hit the rookies. Incoming, I don't want to say are better than this year, but to me, there's there's more NFL ready without landing spot talents coming in next year than there are this year, uh, mainly just in the top three guys in ETN, Hubbard, and Najee Harris, but a whole different uh, segment for us to do probably in season, late in season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're going to run the ball. The redraft value is going to spike up, but he played 74.1 less snaps than the top 10 PPR running backs last year, like the average. 74 less than the average. He was just up there because his touchdowns. Everyone's like, oh, touchdown regression. No one takes into context that we will do an episode uh, like that, whether it's redraft or dynasty. I'm still working out all the numbers and stuff for that. But just snaps alone. That was with only Jamal Williams there to compete. Now you bring in A.J. Dillon, no other receiver, which obviously is not going to be in the backfield, but that means they're going to be running the ball more, that means they're going to be cycling in a 33, 33, 33% share of Jamal, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. It's just not looking good for him. And the reason I say do not draft is because he's a free agent. Yeah, you could bank on he might go to X next year. Okay, he's also your fifth – he's your fifth running back, which you'll see on Saturday. Ah. In the so it's different. But, okay, he might land on the – I don't know, the 49ers. Oh, yay, RB1 right away. But like I said, it's the same thing. You don't draft before free agency in, in the NFL draft. Yeah. You don't draft players banking on free agency landing spots. Everyone could have done that with Melvin Gordon last year. And he goes to the Broncos. Yeah, sure, that seems good. But he has Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, and now seven receivers and tight ends that are all going to command touches. So, yes, draft him if the situation applies to it. But do not draft him to be – I don't even say – no one was drafting him to be what he was last year. But don't draft him to be – 
even a high-end RB2, because unless he scores 15 touchdowns again, he's not doing that. Yeah, it, it, I just I do want to preface this because the whole decision-making process for this move for me was um, I did trade up for this pick. I didn't give that much. I was kind of happy with how much I had to give up. Um, the fifth running back. It's my fifth running back on the team. He is 100% going to be sold. I am not holding on to him. I don't really believe in it. Um, I more or less am sticking to the strategy that I built where it's if I take every single running back, at least all the good ones, I'm going to force bad. Uh, I'm going to force teams that, that focused on other areas to um, take bad running backs and hate their decision and overpay because running backs a position that everyone overpays for. Um, I can move uh, Aaron Jones off fairly well. And that's when I'm going to take advantage of, of the teams that have lackluster backs. So, um, I'm very happy with taking the fifth running back again. I still have very good capital. You guys will see my team. It looks pretty good, but that whole decision-making process was loading up on the running back. So do I really believe in Aaron Jones? No, not really. Uh, I think the guys around him are a little bit more valuable. However, Aaron Jones as, um, as a sell piece always looks intriguing to people. You see the production that he can put up. You see the, the goal of, a, of an offense moving towards the run. Do I really fear AJ Dillon? Not that much. Um, not enough to make Aaron Jones a guy that I really, really, really want to get off my team. Um, but again, the free agent uncertainty is there. Uh, I think you'll go to a team that, that could value the running back um, and could value him as, as, a, as a talent. Because I, I think he's, he's kind of in, in a different boat. That whole class um, of free agents next year for the running backs is looking really good. So there's going to be a lot of teams that, that say, you know what, let's just let's not draft. Let's just go with this vet and see if we can see if we can win this win it all this year. You know that that, that I feel is the team he's going to land on. Um, I think he's going to have. I think he's going to be counted on pretty pretty highly for his team. Um, so as far as drafting him, I'm I'm pro it for the single year um, benefit. So yeah, redrafts. Hell yeah, go after Aaron Jones. Do it. Um, but the dynasty uncertainty is questionable. However, again, the team I'm building right now, it's, it's 100% set to win right now. So if I needed to hold on Aaron Jones, I wouldn't have too much issue doing so. For sure. Um, I will go into my two quarterbacks since you didn't come up with any. So like, along the same lines as I have Aaron Rodgers, QB 15 right now in Superflex uh, and pick 61 overall. So he's sitting right around the, the five to six turn in your drafts. Um, much, much less than he was going before the NFL draft and last year for sure. So, yes, they drafted Jordan Love. They drafted all these guys. They say they want to run the ball. He is tied up until 2023, um, but we can't just assume that means he's not going to go anywhere. So I like to look at contracts. I make this obvious. And the whole uh, – I look at more like the whole, like, football aspect uh, of Dynasty. I think that's why we're kind of doing this show, too, to kind of bring that part and insert it into Dynasty content. So he um, – yeah. Uh, I'm just looking for agent 2024. He'll hit the open market. He'll probably be, what, 35? I don't even know. He's probably 35, 36. Uh, very intriguing free agent if he gets to that point. So they're not going to cut him this year. If they cut him this year or try and trade him, uh, they're taking a $30 million cap hit. Yeah, that's not happening. But then you move into next year. They would be taking a $31 million cap hit. But they would be saving 5 mil if they did that. Then you move on down to in two years, so 2022, $17 million cap hit, but they'd be saving $22 million. So I see sort of the, the window to sell, not this year, possibly, I don't want to say late next year, but either next year, so in two years or in three years. It's kind of that window of when the Packers might try and bring in Jordan Love. 
because it's not happening this year. They're not gonna they're not gonna cut him for fifty one million dollars dead money and take a thirty million dollar cap hit. Like it, no matter how much they not they like Jordan Love, like that's not happening. No but they could do uh, – everyone's throwing out the Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes uh, sort of comp. I don't want to give a comp. I want to give a situation. This is what happened. Alex Smith's contract was similar-ish to Aaron Rodgers. They did take the dead money cap hit, but they did save some cap. So, in the end, they just didn't spend that much in free agency, which they didn't need to. They ended up going like 10-6, uh, and 11-5. But the, but the Packers team itself is pretty rounded out. We saw that last year. They made it to the NFC Championship with – Alan Lazard is their wide receiver too. The main reason why they don't need a receiver because they went 13 and three the NFC Championship with no wide receiver too. But back to whether they could they could go trade him, take the dead cap, whatever, be done with it, bring in Jordan Love. So basically, why you don't want to draft Aaron Rodgers is you know that uncertainty of the you could say the the love between Aaron Rodgers and the Packers is not there. And we see these attitudes of players all the time, Odell, even Stephon Diggs. Like, it just never works out immediately after they get traded. Obviously, quarterbacks could be completely different. But Alex Smith, obviously, he got hurt. But, look, he went to the Redskins. Who's to say that, I don't know, the Redskins, again, go try and get Aaron Rodgers or the Jaguars or a team that would not be fantasy relevant or a fantasy goldmine for Aaron Rodgers. No matter how good the quarterback is, he still wouldn't produce anything to the value at QB 15. Um, I'll pull up here the quarterbacks that are going lower than him. So Sam Darnold, Matthew Stafford, Drew Locke, Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins. Every single one of them, except for uh, you could say, I guess Sam Darnold, are pretty much there for a long time. Like Brady's there for two years, but obviously you're drafting Brady knowing what you're getting. Cousins is there for at least two more years, and if he goes to the playoffs two more times, they're not going to get rid of him. Uh, Locke, yes, but you have to draft him knowing that it might not work out. But, like, you have to draft him like, okay, it's going to work out. You're not drafting him like, oh, I don't know. Let me draft him because I don't know. Matt Stafford. So, it's just definitely not nothing good is at that pick for Aaron Rodgers. Um, so, yeah, what are your thoughts? It's kind of a long-winded sort of breakdown of it. but Yeah, I, again, I, I think um, for the the – purpose of dynasty i don't really love him at all um i don't think the value is there for shit um i think you're really bouncing off the fact that oh yeah right after green bay he's gonna go to new england like what like 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 that you can't you can't play that game you can't play yeah. the game because he could go to any other of the 30 the 31 teams he could i know it sounds crazy why would he go to this team they have a set quarterback it it's wild it's really hard to predict it uh sure you can kind of you can kind of cross off some teams but it's so unpredictable um, for where guys are going to go. So you're, you're bouncing off the fact that you think Aaron Rodgers is going to go and land in a perfect situation. I mean, there was a lot of star quarterbacks in this, in this past free agency that didn't go where we thought they were. Um, some who have settled for backup spots in Jameis Winston. So like we're expecting these guys to go to heavy hitting spots and instantly produce. And that's not what happens. So you're really bouncing off the fact that free agency is going to benefit him. Um, we don't know. Uh, so as far as dynasty, I do not like it really at all. Um, Jordan Love is their future quarterback too. So there's, it's not like he's hanging around Green Bay that, uh, that long either. For sure. And I'll go into my last, my next quarterback, my last quarterback. This is purely just a strategy move. I don't care what quarterback it is. Drew Brees, QB 22 right now, going ahead of Tannehill, Herbert, Teddy B, even Haskins and Minshew. 
Drew Brees was pulled out of retirement. Like, this was confirmed. He was pulled out of retirement to come back for this one season. I don't care if you're competing. You don't draft a quarterback or you know it's not going to be on your team next year. Like, I don't even care if he well, – we saw last year. This, his ceiling was tapped last year. I know he got hurt. But this offense is a really efficient offense, but they're not the explosive efficient offense that we used to see with Drew Brees last year. So you come into – what are you hoping with Drew Brees? Maybe QB 12? Okay, I can put together QB 12 with a combination of Tannehill, Teddy B, Minshew, and they're all going to be the starting quarterback probably. Well, I'm not going to say they all are, but they're most likely all going to be the starting quarterback next year. So it's just purely a strategy play. I don't care if you have the best team ever. Like, because then you – okay, say you build this God squad and Drew Brees is your QB 2 in Superflex or even your QB 1. You don't win the league. Say you get fourth. Okay. You didn't win any money, well, most likely, because it's top three payout usually. And now you don't have a quarterback for next year, and you probably don't have very many picks if you trade it up to get all these God squad players. So it's just not a – just don't even try to, like, mess around. But obviously, if you get them at a really good value, then, like, yeah, sure. But just I would just stay away from guys you know are not going to be there next year. Yeah. Uh, I am someone who – if you have a win now team, and, and say say you you already did your startup, um, say you're a couple seasons in, or even one season in, and you look at your team and you're like, you know what, I've got guys like Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, guys that for this year they could really be big for me, but in the future I'm very uncertain. Go get Breeze. Uh, if you're if you're uncertain about your quarterbacks and you have the capital to do so, go get Breeze because I think I think he could be very relevant this year and um, could help people win uh, win now. Um, but as far as any future, I mean, obviously age. I mean, we know that he's not going any further than this season. Uh, however, I think Breeze is that kind of competitor where his last season is going to be a big season for him. I'm very excited to see what that offense is going to do. They added a le- – finally, they added a le- a, another legit receiver next to Michael Thomas. Uh, yeah, it's Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, he's old, but like shit. They were, who else were they? They were wrong with Ted Ginn, like as their three receiver. Traquan Smith, who, right, that's who it is? Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah. Who, who isn't that phenomenal? Like he isn't. Like he had a couple good games, like his rookie season, people blew him up out of proportion. So add, uh, add another, um, add a veteran receiver that's going to actually do damage for you. Um, your run game is going to be healthy and efficient. I'm very excited to see Breeze this single year, but you know, for dynasty purposes, if you're a team that like is hanging around the middle or um, you're on the lower end of your league, don't get him. And if you have him, get him off your team. I mean, just do it. Sell him to the team that, that could win now. And if you're a win now team, I'm, I'm very pro you guys going out and getting Breeze because I don't think you have to spend that much for him. Um, and you could have yourself a, a guy that can help you win now. But again, like you were kind of aiming at dynasty wise for long term, no thing. Yeah, for sure. It's just not a good situation to put your team into. So um, I'll let you go into – I think you have two receivers. Real quick. Oh, yep. Real quick, I'm going to do just kind of like a, a quick tip uh, for quarterbacks. I'm not huge on rookie quarterbacks uh, being drafted so highly. Uh, Burrow, kind of a guy going in the second round, two of the third, fourth. Uh, well, Burrow really second, third um, in super flexes. And, and then Herbert being touched in the five, six, seven range. I, I don't like that. I, I think I'm so much more enthused about going after a guy who's already been proven um, than going after than going after a rookie. Even if you're a team that's like, we can rebuild, 
Um, go after the second year guys, the third year guys that you know have already built that relationship with receivers and and built uh, at least trust in with their coaching staff that they're going to be productive. I'm just not huge on going after rookie quarterbacks at all, uh, whether my team is in the dumps or whether I'm ready to win now. Because there's it's there's always a chance that you're not that guy's not going to hit and, and something's going to go on. Even with high capital, we've seen it in the past where big name guys get high capital and don't do anything. Um, I just would so much rather go with a guy who's already built a rapport with his team and coaches uh, than going with a rookie. So that's just a quick tip um, in my mind. Yeah, for sure. All the hit rates too. Um, FSCDraftGuide.com kind of, kind of foreshadowed that a little bit. Um, obviously summer higher picks probably pan out better than others. Obviously, I, at least I hope common sense you'd think with the teams drafting the higher quarterbacks. Um, so go ahead and give us your first receiver. Yeah, so uh, my first receiver is uh, DJ Moore. Um, and I want to preface this real quick. This is not me hating DJ Moore. I actually really like DJ Moore. I'm just – I can't buy into into this draft, uh, this, this draft ADP. It's remarkably too high. Um, he's going as the 23rd off the board. He's wide receiver six. He's not a wide receiver six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're buying the potential uh, – the potential talent and, and all this uh, – this, um, what is it, the regression of, of touchdowns where he's now going to get a bunch more um, just because he should have in last season. But he's got a different quarterback. He's got a new offensive system. He's got Teddy B. Teddy B, his average completion is 7.3 yards per. I mean, that that's not remarkably high. And even more sits around the nine range. So I, it's it's not really a compatible kind of – receiver quarterback I think DJ Moore can handle that that shorter workload I don't really think that's too much of an issue um he's, it's not like he's sitting in the uh, in the teens but I think Teddy B's that dump off style quarterback where McCaffrey is going to be highly valuable and this over this team has made it clear by signing Matt Rule for seven years that they're like listen we know the first couple of years aren't going to be great um we know our offense we we did they focused their offense in free agency and they they drafted uh, their defense so they're <laughs> excuse me there's still um an offense that doesn't really look very attractive it's it's Christian McCaffrey ran through um I just don't know if I can get behind more as as a one um do I believe he's a very high end too yes but he's definitely not a mid one like I, I don't really get that um I think he has the potential to sit around the 12 11 range um but the the difference between going after a guy who's wide receiver six and then going after a guy who's wide receiver 12, 13 is, is so much different. And you're losing that chance of getting a running back that could uh, honestly provide a lot of value for your team. So I'm just not really huge on DJ Moore's value while I am really big on the player. Yeah, it'll be interesting because um, he's ranked really high for me. Our rankings will be up on the website soon, too. We're just getting those finished out. It's just hard because I think the way, way it comes down to is you look at I don't know. You're making your rankings. You're like, okay, yeah, DJ Moore's 22. He finished the top 12 wide receiver last year. Like, he's got to go ahead of Julio. He has to go ahead of probably Juju because he's longer, longer or longer, younger. And we saw the production like Juju put up. He has to be ahead of Kenny Galladay, Amari Cooper. But then it comes draft time and you're like, oh gosh. Like, even if you're not even, if you're rebuilding, yes, take DJ Moore in that scenario. But if you're just like in the middle and you don't know yet, it's tough to not pick. Julio, Amari Cooper, guys like that, because there's always going to be the young receiver with upside. That's where it comes down to me, because I'm not sitting here like, I love A.J. Brown. Yeah, he's not on this episode, but not a chance at wide receiver seven, because we saw the inconsistency. And yeah, I'll just go grab Julio 
two rounds later. Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? So I think DJ Moore, the only part where I think he could have a really good year is obviously Joe Brady comes in with Matt Rule. We saw Joe Brady use three different types of receivers last year. They bring in Teddy B, who is probably not the quarterback that would fit the Joe Brady system. But I think if they sort of use DJ Moore, not in the slot per se, but in the Justin Jefferson role, where he's more of the shorter shorter 10-ish yard guy and let him go yak yards after the catch, I think that's where he might thrive. Um, Last year he had a really good year. There was also a down year for receivers in general. A lot of receivers got hurt. So let's take that into context too. But yeah, I think that like DJ Moore is the ultimate rebuilding wide receiver one that the value, the, the price is high, you could say, but the price is only going to get higher. He's only going to grow more in this offense. He's only going to become more of an alpha. So buy in now while you can, because I mean, we saw this with like Calvin Ridley, you could say, yeah, Calvin Ridley came in. Everyone was like, yeah, I kind of like him. Had a really good year. Price went up a little bit. And then he got hurt last year. He didn't even play a couple games last year. And now I have him ranked as like my wide receiver 13 in Dynasty because he's going to put up many Julio Jones numbers. And his price is probably higher than a 2021 first that you probably could have paid for last year for him. We're going to see this with DK Metcalf. It's the same trajectory. Everyone was like, eh, I don't know. Now you probably can't even get DK for a first. Next year, I guarantee you it'll be like two firsts or something like that. So kind of if you like DJ Moore, go get him now. Um, but don't overdraft him in the right context of the way the draft is going for sure. Yeah, I really like that one. It's just a hard one. I kind of ran into this yeah, process it too. Is. Yeah, it's, it's really hard because I, I, I love him uh, as, a, as a talent uh, coming out of college. Um, I don't know why I somehow liked Maryland as a college. Uh, my mom went to – my mom's from Maryland, so maybe I'll take some of that. But, you know, I, it's, <laughs> I liked him out of college. Uh, I like the overall talent, but it's just – I don't know because that, that situation is going to be weird. Everything's different. They have they have an offense that's built on passing the ball, at least with what we've seen with Brady and Rule, but it's with a quarterback who dumps the ball off and a running back who's the best in the NFL. So I'm like, what are they going to do with this? It's going to be weird. I'm 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 trying not to draft Carolina unless their name's Christian McCaffrey right now because I just don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, it's going to be really weird, and I, I would rather sit back and, and try and figure it out instead. Yeah, for sure. So my receiver, uh, kind of along the same lines, is Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown. Um, I'm kind of taking two different routes to this. So, yes, it's the Dynasty-focused episode, but on the screen right now I'm going to put up a, a, just a graphic, and I'll kind of break it down. So this is from SharpFootballStats.com, fantastic site. Warren Sharp is freaking genius. Um, this math guy all over the place. So the picture you are seeing on the screen right now is the forecasted, uh, since we got the schedules, the run, uh, explosive rush defense of the defenses they are playing for each week. And yes, this is the Ravens. The Ravens with Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, and J.K. Dobbins. Keep that in mind. And Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. Yeah, the, the, the highest run rate team in the NFL. Just keep that in the back of your head. They have the one, the easiest rushing schedule behind the Colts, but it's pretty close in terms of like the overall points you could assign them or whatever easiest you can assign them so where this brings into hollywood brown is he had a 19 percent market share last year obviously he got hurt but it's just not it, he would have stayed right around 19 percent just due to the the running nature of this team uh they brought in devin duvernay and james Prochet, which i don't like to stereotype receivers and give them comps but these two guys are target hog type receivers duvernay is going to play the slot get five to six targets a game Crochet, um, he was a six-round pick, but I think he's good enough to make the team. 
he's a target hog. He was at SMU as well, and he's an elite talent for sure. So, yes, this is dynasty. But if you just look at the graphic on the screen, it's just green, 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 a little bit of red and green, 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 green to end the season. So they're just going to run all over these teams. So, yes, this year, Hollywood Brown, not good. But long-term, like, it's not getting any better for him, especially if DuVernay and Prochet, who I don't want to say are better receivers, but in terms of being an alpha one, are going to be better in the long-term. Hollywood Brown's a fantastic asset to have on your team, and I think the Ravens knew yeah. that drafting him. They didn't draft – the five foot ten Hollywood Brown to be their 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 ten target a game, thousand yeah. fifteen hundred yards, ten touchdowns guy. So they're going to the the it's going to be run, run with Lamar, run with Mark Ingram, run with J.K. Dobbins, and then funnel it to Mark Andrews. It's going to be like nothing else. So just don't um, draft. I'll pull. I didn't even say his ADP here. I got to find it real quick. So just don't draft him with hopes that like wide receiver thirty four. Okay, so lower than him right now is Jarvis Landry. Christian Kirk, Denzel Mims, Michael Gallup, T. Higgins, Darius Slayton, Michael Pittman. I'd probably draw the line there because then it's like Ayuk, T.Y., Deontay yeah. Johnson. So, like, you could literally go in. Those guys, like, the only one that might not get a ton of targets just due to being the wide receiver 2.5 is Christian Kirk behind Larry Fitz for a year. But all those guys are going to see eight targets a game probably. Yeah, like wide receiver two for a pass-based offense. Why is he – like, what – yeah. Why are these pass-based offenses, these receivers that are sitting like 2-3, like why are they, yeah. when their sole base of their offense is passing, why are they going behind Marquise Brown, who's the, who's the wide receiver two? You know why? Because Mark Andrews is the tight end one and the wide receiver one. So yeah. I'm, I'm passing. So yes, so yes, do not. Um, we'll, we'll use the same graphic, probably come redraft episodes or players we like or whatever. It'll be, this will be incorporated a lot. So just do not draft Hollywood Brown but expect 2,000 million rushing yards for Lamar Jackson this upcoming year. Uh, give us your, I think, your last receiver. Yeah, so um, my last receiver, and go ahead and destroy me because I'm going to say it because it's just the truth uh, of the matter. It's CeeDee Lamb. The, listen, why is he going as the wide receiver 20? Why is I don't even see him slated as a, as a wide receiver two, at least, at least for the good chunk of the season. I mean, you're counting on a guy who you think will be instant production – um, Jerry Judy is the slot right above him, uh, wide receiver 19, and at, at player rank 48, C.D. Lamb's 49. Uh, I wouldn't take really either of them, but really I'm just going to focus on C.D. Lamb because I just don't think the, the opportunity is really there. Uh, people are like, well, look at, the, look at the target loss. Okay, fair enough, 166 between Witten and Cobb. Um, so that, that's reasonable. Uh, but Blake Jarwin's growing in behind, uh, behind Witten. Um, you got Amari Cooper, who they already announced was going to come in and play the slot um, to, to take all those targets from, from Cobb and, you know, still carry, carry away some of the ones that he was, uh, he was bringing to the table as well last year. Team is going to get a full season with Zeke. Uh, Zeke was an absolute idiot last year. Um, practicing uh, is what I kind of mean in, in, that, in that fashion. So the, uh, the full Zeke mode is going to come back. The team, the team is going to be better. Uh, so these people are like, well, the pass offense is going to be electric. That's, that may be true, but if you're blowing out teams by the fourth quarter, you're not passing the ball. You just aren't. And you're in a division where you will be blowing out some teams uh, towards, the, uh, towards the end of the season. And it's, it's just not something that, that I think there's just going to be this ridiculous amount of targets that are widening it wide open for CeeDee Lamb because the opportunity is going to give in to guys that, 
that are already on the team. They already moved Amari Cooper to the slot. They got Blake Jarwin stepping in. Those guys are going to get targets. We like CD Lamb's not just stepping on here and being a wide receiver one um, for his team, and he's not even the wide receiver two. And yet people are drafting him like that uh, with the upside that he will be. And I just I just can't get around it. Um, I, I really I really can't. I I think people are kind of making up these these open targets that are just going to be wide open for CD Lamb, but they're not really taking into account the fact that this is, this is still a really, really solid run attack that that's going to be potent. Uh, I, I definitely believe in, in Zeke as, as a back, at least this year. I don't get why CD Lamb's being remarkably hyped up. The value that he's going at right now is definitely not something I'm, I'm buying into at all. Yeah, so I, I think the landing spot's fantastic. The talent's fantastic. He can easily be the wide receiver one, but here's where I sort of draw the line in terms of how the hell do you – do you rank this? Do you draft this? Do you evaluate this? So Amari Cooper will not be cut for two years. His, his whole 30K guaranteed for a team that uh, member cap issues like every single year in and out. They always have issues with the cap. How can we pay this guy? How can we pay that guy? They'll keep him for two years. They'll cut him for zero dead money or trade him for zero dead money. Problem solved. Michael Gallup in two years, free agent. Problem solved. So they both leave, whatever. But like I just talked about with DJ Moore, in two years, there's going to be another rookie wide receiver that lands on a fantastic landing spot. There's going to be a sophomore wide receiver next year that lands on a fantastic landing spot. Right now, CeeDee Lamb is yelling at the wide receiver 18 ahead of Calvin Ridley. I guess Jerry Judy, but whatever. Like, I just take your pick at rookie receivers. DJ Chark, Stephon Diggs, Debo Samuel, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin. Like, think about this. There's 1,005 vacated uh, yards to the – um, to the wide receiver core for Dallas from Randall Cobb and Tavon Austin last year. Say he takes every single one of those, 1,000 yards. That was with Michael Gallup playing 14 games and Amari Cooper playing 15, but he got hurt in two of them. So playing like 13 and a half, you could say. One, we're not going to say they're going to get injured. So say they play 16, 16 at the less yards. If C.D. Lamb comes in with 1,000 yards, cool. Okay, Jalen Regular will probably get 1,000. Justin Jefferson will probably get 1,000. Jerry Judy will probably get a thousand. Shoot, even not Ayuk, he won't. Like Higgins could get a thousand if AJ Green's hurt. I, it's just, it's just like the aspect of the long term. Like I said, so you're waiting two years for CD Lamb to maybe hit that fourteen hundred mark. Okay, who's to say Jerry Judy's not hitting that in two years? Who's to say Jefferson's not? Who's to say Rager's not? So don't overdraft a guy we haven't seen play a snap on his team as the wide receiver three. Yeah. As the wide receiver three and the fourth option, the fourth target on this team, because Zeke is the number one target – or not target – the number one focal point for this team. Yes, Mike McCarthy is going to throw the ball. Yes, blah, blah, blah. Yes, but you, you vacated production fills itself out and never exceeds itself. So if he gets 1,400, okay, that means someone has to be taken away. Is Amari Cooper the guy that has paid a $100 million contract volume going to be taken away? Is Zeke the guy that has paid – X amount of money, uh, $10 million a year, going to see less work. Yeah. Yes, he could beat out Gallup. I could be completely wrong. Gallup could be the wide receiver three. Sure, whatever. Hate me. But the guy I'm getting, Calvin Ridley, a pick later, is going to see 1,200 yards this year and next year and next year. When Julio retires, 1,400, 1,500. So it's just don't – like, just don't do it. Just don't – not that high. Maybe in your rookie draft, sure. Take him no. as high as you want. Who cares? But not that high in a dynasty start. I think you're combining them whatsoever. Uh, trading, you could trade for it. I, like, I don't mind the trade option. If you get a good value on them in the draft, I don't mind it. You're playing the long term with it, um, but just not not ahead of guys like Calvin Ridley, K 
Keenan Allen, who was just like the wide receiver seven last year, Terry McLaurin, which I, I may be over Terry. I like Terry, but the offense for Dallas is a little bit better, even though it's the one versus the three. But, yeah, there's just a lot of value down below um, there for sure. So I have one tight end, then you have one tight end, and then we'll get you guys out of here. So I have Darren Waller. Uh, I was all over him prior to free agency in the NFL draft, and that's to show again. That's why you don't draft before the free agency in the draft. If I'm in tight end premium, which I am in most of them, I probably would have taken Darren Waller and a ton of them, and it would have bit me yeah. now. You'd be crying. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he had a 23.8% market share last year, which was tied for third, but he was like the fifth, whatever. He was he met like all the metrics that he needed to at five. It wasn't like an outlandish season. He saw yeah. good – good like it, it was true to what it was in terms of averages and whatever, forecasted production. They added Jason Witten, Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, Devontae Booker, Lynn Bowden, uh, they still have Foster Moreau, blah, blah, blah. Tyrell Williams is still there. They have all these weapons now. So there's not a chance, unless this team throws 100 more targets, not, not even 100, because the combination of Ruggs, Bowden, Edwards is probably going to be 150-plus. Like, th- there's just not a way he's going to have the 23.8% market share. So I just don't want to do it anymore, in a sense. It's kind of the way to look at it. So just don't – I get that he's locked up long-term. He's still a good tight end. He'll still get – back in one production I think but he's going as the tight end five over Evan Ingram which yes and no because Ingram's injury history Hunter Henry on a franchise tag so he'll be on a new team maybe next year I would still probably take Henry Higby Austin Hooper Noah Fant Hawkinson Goddard Gusecki Hurst not that all those guys are going to finish ahead of him this year but in the long term it's just more of a better bet at a later round pick so I'm just kind of avoiding the ADP of Waller because I think Waller is fantastic. I think that he probably still is going to be the number one target for this team, but it's going to be a lot less targets for a team that's going to run the ball first. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, and not just that, not just the we're going to run the ball first kind of mentality. It's the um, we just added three receivers mentality. So it's like this team that was so dry and depleted on on talent at the wide receiver position is now out at three and say two pan out, or hell, even one pan out, it's remarkably better than what they were dealing with this year. So I, I, I don't really get it. I, I think a lot of people are still um, living in that dream of how amazing he was last year, which is fine. But look at the fact that they're not really they, – they understood that the only the, – the biggest issue for their offense was that Darren Waller was the only target. So now they're, they've addressed that. They did a great job addressing it to the point where they drafted three. Um, and then obviously Josh Jacobs is going to come back healthy too. So I, I don't really buy into, um, I don't really buy into Waller this year, which is unfortunate because he did have a phenomenal year. And I think as a talent, he's definitely there. Um, good on him for getting back into the NFL and getting to a point where he could be very successful. But I think the, the overall value of him as a receiver is going to be minimal to minimal to none. So I, I just, I, I said wide receiver as a tight end because there's just too many guys taking, taking away targets from him. For sure. Uh, give us your last player, and then we'll get out of here. Yep, so it's Zach Ertz. Um, I think we'll just pound it into the ground until people realize, yeah, I should stop drafting him. Um, Goddard's there. Uh, he went from wide receiver – he went from tight end 20 to tight end 10, um, an increasing amount of tar- targets as he grows into the system. I think that will – Continue to keep going up. Unfortunately for Zach Ertz, um, Zach Ertz went from having 112 more targets in 2018 
versus Gertz, uh, versus Goder to uh, to 48 more targets this year. And the team is in love with, with Goddard. And I think we're to see an increasingly um, closer margin between them uh, where the, where both of them are basically really close or it's finished as the five last year. Uh, teams that, that drafted him were kicking themselves all year about the production levels that he was putting up. And uh, Dallas Goddard was just being very productive. Now there is a counterpoint to, um, to the Dallas Goddard argument, that's the same for the Ertz and why Ertz is declining in my boards too. They had a receiver. They had a Rager in the first round. Um, they clearly know that they needed to add wide receiver help. So they went and, and drafted one in the first round, which is taking away from both of their talents. But for the core purpose of Ertz as a follower, this is not good for him at all. Um, I'm not really buying into to earths at all um even even in teams that are that are pro and ready to go if you're if you're a team that's sitting here and you're like i can win right now i still don't want to buy into earths at all um draft another position of need draft depth um go get a tight end later and just hope they pan out because i i can't get behind zach Ertz right now at all yeah i think the only way i would take him is like cheap in a tight end premium league because he's gonna still gonna get a shit ton, of t- <laughs> shit ton of targets so that's really the only way that yeah, the long term is not great. It's going to be Dallas Goddard's term, team, mm-hmm. not term, eventually. Um, I don't know. I think he's a free agent next year. They restructured his contract a little bit. I'm not for sure the exact details of what that entailed, but I think it's definitely not a good long term outlook. And Zach Ertz is 31 years old with a little bit of injury history, so he might just call it quits, go watch his wife win the World Cup again or something like that in a couple <laughs> of years. Alrighty, so that is episode one of the Dynasty Stock Market. So down below, uh, if you're still watching this, like, subscribe, comment what you would want to see, uh, put in, I don't know, a trade maybe, or have us evaluate a trade, player, whatever the case may be. We'll probably do a evaluating rosters, et cetera, stuff like that. So thank you guys for watching. I'll see you guys on Friday with Mr. Dweez Nuts talking about dynasty trade targets. Peace. See you.